God strong in battle. Somebody give him a shout one more time. It is done. You said. Thank you, Jesus. I am so excited. I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to behave myself. It's just been a while. I just needed to do that. Let's go to the word of God. I'm in 2 Timothy 3.16. And it's up on our screen. I want us to develop a culture from today. Is that okay? And every time we talk about a culture, we say we are going to write it down and believe that that's something we will do. We will be in a culture of celebration. We will be, we'll be a people of a culture of celebration. So when people are up here ministering the word of God to you, we will agree to celebrate God and to celebrate them. Is that okay? So let's appreciate our worship team. Let's celebrate them. And let's celebrate our band for the wonderful work and preparation they've done. Amen. So good to see you all. And I want to appreciate all the pastors that are here with us. I have special pastors visiting with us. Uh, Pastor Wah is here. Um, all the way from Avunigan. Where's Pastor Wah? Is he here? Has he arrived yet? He told me he's coming. There he is. There he is. He's hiding somewhere there. You came incognito. They didn't notice you. God bless you so much. Welcome, welcome, welcome. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. To my fellow pastors who are here, thank you so much. Um, I'll, I'll talk about you during the service. <laughs> the second culture we'll create is that we will read scripture together with power. I've not, this is not, I'm not a novice here, guys. 15 years, all right? 15 years in Kenya is at least something to talk about. So we are not starting from beginning. We are continuing. So we shall continue in our culture of reading scripture together. Let's read these two verses that are up on our screen with power and with ability that God has given us. Let's go. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is for, for, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Father, be glorified in this place, even as I share these few minutes with your children. Let the word impact them for life. Let everything I speak, Lord, come from the place that you have granted this word from, which is your throne room. And Lord, let the scriptures come alive in our midst. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray for every person that has made it here today. Thank you for the privilege of fellowship. We do not take it for granted. Be lifted up in this house today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have your seats. I was singing so loudly, I started losing my voice while I was, before coming to preach. But I'm so excited about this. I'm excited that God opened the door for us to be able to also have Sunday school. So I want to celebrate our Sunday school teachers who came up with something so quickly. I promise you we are going to move as fast as we can in accommodating even the younger children. Very soon we are talking with the administration here to get more and more room. But you made it. You made it here. I am so thankful to God for you. I'm so thankful to God for you too. All my fellow pastors and ministers... From my daughter there, Pastor Liz, I celebrate you. Reverend Bev, I celebrate you. Pastor Maureen, I celebrate you. Pastor Pete, I celebrate you. Our resident pastor, Pastor Zeno, and the chairman of our council right now. God bless you. We celebrate you. Reverend Jackie, we celebrate you. God bless you so much. Thank you to the core uh, ministers. Pastor Mule, I celebrate you, sir. Thank you so much. God bless you. And to the core uh, ministers who are helping us with all this uh, in making things possible, I celebrate you. We'll have a culture of celebration. Amen. This ceiling is very high, so you might be saying aloud amen, but I can't hear you. In looking at scripture, you have to be able to derive the place of God through scripture. You have to be able to seek God and understand the mysteries and secrets that are hidden there. But when we say that there are cultures, there are not just cultures, there are what you call subcultures when it comes to the word of God and the way people preach and which way is right, which way is wrong. Um, some of us become strong believers of certain Christian cultures that are maybe a hundred years old. Sometimes age gives a culture 
advantage, but not because necessarily it is wrong or it is necessarily right. It's just because of age. And sometimes we're preaching everything else except the glory of Jesus Christ found in Scripture. So different cultures will uh, entwine different things in the Word of God. You will find uh, sometimes people will intertwine tradition, their own traditions with biblical uh, understanding. So you'll find that (laughs) we will write certain worship songs based on our own culture. So there are cultures and subcultures. But the question I ask myself many times after I preach, the interview I go through with the Holy Spirit is, did I really preach Christ? Was Christ lifted up in what I said today? We focus on so much on the sin of people as opposed to their Savior. I tell you, it is easier to get the attention of people when you focus on their sin than point them to their Savior. It is easier to get a people to feel guilty and oppressed and that they really, really, really need the cross, but from a point of guilt as opposed to doing it from a point of freedom. We want to believe God to give us a culture that is Christ-centered. And so when we look at scripture, we must find some things there. It's easy for me to come and talk to you about your mess, but I want you to know none of us here is fine. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, I know you're not fine. <laughs> because either, the, listen, this is the word of God. It is inerrant. In it, there is no error. Complete word of God. This word of God, in it, there is no, uh, as much as salvation is personal, this word is not personal. This is the word of God. It's not a theory. It's not a story. It's made up of stories. It's not a treatise of theology as many of us would want it to be. This is the word of God. And I want to show you where it points to. And so when we read it, we must believe that it is the word of God. Amen. Amen. We must believe that it is the word of God. When you read the scriptures, you must believe that God is speaking to you. As you read the scriptures, listen, I've I've been with you for a long time. You're not new people. You're all looking at me. I know we have a few new people. If you've never been to rock assemblies, please put up your hand. Thank you. All these visitors. Oh, my goodness. Okay. We'll teach you our culture. This is the word of God. I must believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The topic I want to teach on today is how to manifest as a son. And if we're going to manifest as sons, then we must get our theology and doctrine and understanding right. I tell you, it is a journey through life. None of you is going to accomplish it in a day. In here, I am aware there are Christians who consume alcohol. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you're not fine. In here, there are Christians who struggle with relationships. Hmm, I know you're not fine. In here, there are Christians who struggle with sexual sin. I'm not talking about non-Christians because for them it's not a struggle. And here there are Christians who struggle with smoking. I don't know if you still have a neighbor that you can talk to. Well, let me go to stuff people don't see. In here I know there are Christians who struggle with identity. I know there are Christians here who struggle. I'm talking about tongue speaking, demon chasing, cross-believing, salvation, understanding, ghost, Holy Ghost-filled people that deal with depression. In here, there are people who question themselves and they've known Jesus for 20 years. Am I in the right room? All right, good. Then we must reach a point where we have to have an understanding that I didn't come 
to judge anybody. I came to fight my fight. <laughs> and I must believe that he is a rewarder because his word says so. They that God is spirit and he must be sought. Not in the flesh, in the spirit. And so I must join the dots from Genesis to Revelation because I tell you the truth, the day you start moving in the spirit, you will see that there's a straight line from Genesis to Revelation. You will see how the word of God is interlinked and intertwined so that I may be where I am now, but I want to prophesy to those who are going to stand in the word because of the word of God, I can tell you with a guarantee, if you stay in the word, you won't finish where you are. I think they're on this side. I'm so happy to be having church. I've been speaking to cameras for one and a half years. Now I'm so glad to be speaking to people. And I'm not, under, I'm not undermining those of you online, but it's so good to have flesh in the house. Human bodies. Let me not say flesh. It's good to have humans in the house. They that believe, if you believe he is, then you must diligently seek him. And there's only one way to seek God. Now, I know most of you like seeking him through conferences. That's okay. I know many of you like seeking him through dreams. And that's okay. He still speaks to us in dreams. But if you study scripture, you will discover a very simple scripture that says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, spoke unto us through his servants, the prophets, in these last days, is speaking to us and has spoken to us through. There's no other way he's speaking these days. You cannot let your dream have more meaning than his son. I'm dealing with believers who believe that dreams are scriptures. Listen to me carefully. The biggest revelation you will have of God working through you. And so this kingdom is a kingdom of strugglers and hustlers. Uh, you know, let me correct that. Some of you might think I'm hinting which party I belong to. No. This is a kingdom of strugglers. I know you're running on that party, son. No, no, don't push that ticket here. Listen, this is a kingdom of people struggling to finish. Seeking for God to make a way where there seems to be no way. And so I came across very interesting scripture that I want to share with you. That I believe will bring you wisdom and light. Because the entrance of your word, it brings light. That means where there was darkness, I can be able to see what I couldn't see before. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 24. So it's easier to focus on your mess, but today I want to point you to your Savior. We have to make sure we Stick to the power and the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ in Scripture. So go with me to Second, uh, to Luke chapter twenty-four, verse thirteen. I'm trying to think how far we'll read, but let's read. Now Jesus had resurrected. If you go to Luke chapter twenty-four, from verse one, uh, Mary and the rest had gone and seen his grave; it was empty. This is now Jesus appearing to men, and. The Bible starts to give us, this. says, now behold, two of them, two who, two disciples, were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, which had happened. What had happened, you will see in a few minutes. So it was while they conversed and did what? And reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. It is possible to walk with Jesus and have your eyes restrained and not know that he's with you. Let me prophesy to somebody here, you're not going through what you're going through alone. Jesus is in there with you. And by the end of this understanding, I pray you will receive illumination. So, and they, so they, the, the, the Bible says their eyes were restrained. Keep going. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, that's how we know that Cleopas 
was there, answered him and said, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And you have uh, your reading. Which things? Which things? I told you, you will see what things those are. And he said to them, So they said to him, Let's read. Indeed, besides all this, today. You know why I ask you to read scriptures loudly? Because of the first verse I gave you in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture. Yeah? So be lucky I've not given you the part for and Mephibosheth bore. Where were we? So read it. I want it to enter your spirit. Very important. Yes, and certain women. Uh -huh. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Keep going. And certain of those went to the tomb found it just as the women had said. You better believe what women say. But him they did not see. Then he said to them, Oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered all these things and to enter and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he expounded to them in all the oh, hold up that's where I was coming to for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness Jesus is now alive this is not there are a few points I want you to write the first thing is is that uh, uh, this is this is the, 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 the this is Jesus who has risen. Are we together? This is Christ in exaltation. This is not Jesus in humiliation. This is not Jesus in suffering. <laughs> this is Jesus risen. This should be powerful for every preacher. So the first thing I want you to see is these are words of a risen Savior. His first interaction with men. And in doing so, he points the men, not to himself. He points the men to himself in scripture. And he starts from Moses, and I'll come there in a minute. This is Christ in exaltation. This is Jesus when death had been defeated. Oh, glory be to God. This is Jesus when Satan had been crushed. This is Jesus when, when gra the grave never had any more victory. This is the Jesus we're talking about. He's having a conversation and he points men to scripture. I'm trying to tell you to manifest as a son. You cannot be outside of scripture. If you want to manifest as a son, you have to be in scripture. Oh, glory be to God. A challenge to you that we have to memorize, and I'll show you here. He began with Moses. He began with all the prophets. He started expounding to them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. Is it not written? Is it not written? I found it amazing. That he didn't tell them, do you not know who I am? Do you not see my hands? Do you not see my feet? No, he didn't. Not yet. He does that later. But at this point, he points them first to scripture. Child of God, I pray this year, you will not be pointed anywhere else. 
but to find your answers in scripture because Jesus made it clear that he pointed there. There's no shame and no doubt in using scripture as this powerful entity is the word of God that reveals Christ. And if you look at scripture, there's a consistency. There's a consistency in the word of God. There's a consistency in how God is operating. Hold on, son. There's a consistency in how God is operating. There's a way he's talking. There's a place he's coming from. There's a place he's going. There's a line between Genesis and the Jesus speaking to them at a mouse, on the way to a mouse, the road to a mouse. There's a consistency from a mouse to where we are today. Everything is there in the scriptures. And when you understand that, your life will begin to align with what God has said about you in the scriptures. Because Jesus discovered himself there and you must discover yourself there. Now, everything God will ever give you from today will point to, the word, to Jesus. It won't point to you. It won't point to your lack of rent today. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you're not okay. But Jesus is getting ready to do something in our lives because of understanding revelation. Understanding revelation. I'm really enjoying this time with all of you. He points them to the scriptures. It's as though as he's telling them, by looking there, you will see who I am. Oh, we're living in a generation that likes telling us how Jesus appeared to them in a dream. But I want to tell you, confidently, Jesus appears to me in his word every day. Here you don't have to be um, overly anointed speaking King James Version English. Anybody. Whosoever. If you want to see him, I'm telling you today, he's here. If you want your enemies to see him, I tell you, he's here. If you want your future to see him, because he said, right now we are in Omicron. Did you know Omicron is a part of the Greek alphabet? But, they, but he's the Alpha and the Omega. So inside that, I think we were in Delta virus and now we are in Omicron. I don't know what comes after the Omicron alphabet. But I want you to know, he was there before Omicron. Before Omicron, he was. After Omicron, he is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, before your landlord, I am. After your landlord, I am. In other words, if you're looking for a consistent God, he's revealed through these scriptures. Jesus Christ did not point them to himself. There are many of us who want to have the monopoly of the appearance of Jesus, and he does appear to men. Please don't misunderstand me. But I believe he appears to all men who seek him in his word. Whatsoever thing you ask of my father, he will do it through his word. Please come with me. I want to teach you something. If you're going to manifest as a son, you have to be in the word. You have to be in the word. Listen, this is not something you can pick up on a Sunday morning, come to KICC and say you're a believer. I know you kept quiet because most of you looked for your Bible this morning. If you're going to manifest as a son, this word must come alive. You must be able to go through the Psalms. Listen to me. This is a year of memorizing scripture. You must learn to memorize scripture so that it can be meaningful in your life. You need to be able to understand where to look when there are no answers. When you look to the hills, from where comes your help? Your help does not come from men. Your help comes from the word of God. Your help comes from the Lord. Glory be to God. Are you still in church? And so the first thing I wanted you to understand is that this was the risen savior. He did not expound on an uninterpreted Christ. The Christ he expounded was the Christ found in the scripture. And so he starts to reveal himself to them. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. See how Paul expounds this. Paul begins to expand this in an amazing way. Who is that playing that loud music? Downstairs. The other church. It is praise. It's okay. It's rising. As it is rising, blessings will pass on this floor before they reach there. 
Sisi ndio kichungi. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Go to verse 1. See what Paul says. See what Paul says. We're reading. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you what? The gospel. Uh, uh, moreover, brethren, what? Uh-huh. Which you received and in which you uh-huh. by which you are if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless, go to the next verse, verse 3, for I first, listen, you can't deliver what you didn't receive. Then he says that Christ died for our sins according, he didn't die, he didn't just die, it was not just death, he died according to a pattern. Come on. If you come out of that, there were other men next to him that died. <laughs> but they died. But he didn't just die. He died according to the scriptures for righteousness, for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be and then he says, and that he was buried. And that he, are you still in scripture? On the third day, according, he didn't just wake up as a ghost. It had been written, listen, it helps you understand, listen, the inerrancy of the word of God the accuracy of the word of God, the contextualization of the word of God regarding Jesus Christ is that there's been a pattern from Genesis and it has not missed a beat. If you want to see the consistency of God, see his word. It has not missed a beat according to the scriptures and that he was seen by Cephas and then the twelve. God does not miss a step. When he says in his word, he will do it. When he says, I will bless you, you better believe it. And I'll help you understand that meaning of blessing just now when we go to that understanding of, 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 of Abraham and, and, and Moses. So second, how was Jesus able to do this? How was Jesus able to show them the scriptures? How was he able to keep them there? I want you to see something on that road to a mouse. Go back to Luke chapter 24. I want you to read just very quickly from verse, we left it at verse 27. Now let's go from verse 28 to 32. We're going to read a lot of scripture. My time is running nicely, so let's move faster. I'm back to Luke, the 24th chapter. I'm in verse 28 to 32. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they did what? Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. Next. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass. Remember, their eyes had been closed as he sat at the table with them. He took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. <laughs> then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he, continue, continue, and he vanished from their sight. And they said, together, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the script, what will cause your heart to burn is not many concerts. What will cause your heart to burn is not when I stand here and keep telling you that tomorrow you'll have a house and tomorrow you'll have a car. Those are things. The thing that will cause men's heart to burn is when there's opening of scriptures. He opened what? Scriptures to us. I want us to finish it nicely. Let's go to verse 42. I want to read from 42 to 45. From verse 42 to 45. So they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and some honeycomb. Now he had met them. And then, and he took it and ate in their prayer. He was hungry. Wait, the risen Savior was hungry. Again, patterns. I wish I had time. This risen Savior is a dimension of what our bodies shall be when we rise. And one of the things he asked for is fish. 
for those of you who think we will not be eating when we resurrect. He was eating. This is resurrected Savior. This is not pre-crucifixion Jesus. This is a reason Jesus defeated Satan and is eating. Glory be to God. I'm looking forward to those days. He fed and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. That the thing that all things must be fulfilled which were child of God. You cannot manifest outside of what was written. And he says, and, 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 and were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend himself. No. The scriptures concerning him. Now come with me. Understand this. How did Jesus do this? I'll tell you. From the time he was a child, he was immersed in scripture. He was immersed in scripture. Did Jesus have some special hermeneutical grace? No. Did he have some special memory anointing? No. Did he have some special revelation as risen savior? No. What he had was he had immersed himself from when he was a child. His parents were looking for him in Luke chapter 2. And they found him in the temple. And in Luke chapter 2 verse 52, he was telling them, I'm in my father's business. And the Bible helps us see that he grew in wisdom. How did he grow? He gave himself to scripture. This year, you wouldn't go anywhere in the things of God without understanding scripture. Listen, you can't search for him in the day of trouble. You must have a reserve. You must have some understanding. Jesus grew. Jesus did not have the favor of a 25-year-old when he was 12 years old. When he was 12, he had the favor of a 12 years old. He was a man. Patterns are seen. When he was 25, he had the favor of a 25-year-old man. The stature that men are going to grow with, and this is what God showed me. In this year, we will see men articulate dimensions of favor we haven't seen before. But they will grow in Scripture. It is here we will find answers. It is here where people get to own properties. It's here where people get to defeat the devils over their lives. It is here where witches are defeated. Witches are not defeated because of your katankara's prayer. I cancel with fire and missiles and bullets. I release RPG missiles. Ah, let me tell you. Those are those things that just... It's a fireworks in hell. If you want to release bomb, you release it in scripture. Kai. You start to understand, had it not been for the Lord on my side, I would have perished. My enemies, even, it talks about their teeth. There are people who want to bite you. Go read Psalms. If let me tell you, left to their devices, there are people who will eat you. That's how hated you are. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you're not okay. But it, the Bible gives me hope at the end. Not by pointing to my enemies, by pointing back to God. It keeps helping me understand that my help came from Yahweh. He's the one that dealt with my enemies. So your inerrancy, your understanding of the inerrancy of Scripture must come from a place where Jesus is exalted. He grew. How did he grow? He was saturated in the Scripture. Oh, pastor, we are busy. Listen to me. This is this generation's greatest tragedy. How busy we are. That three hours on Instagram, but 30 minutes on the word of God. I'm tired when I, listen to me. Let me tell you how this thing works. If you want to understand how prayer works, stay in prayer. Prayer is like a marathon. In the beginning, it feels tedious. But over some time, it becomes a practice. This year, I pray that God will give you the grace to pray. We're in the middle of government, so you better say a better amen than that. Let me tell you, every spirit, do you know why God has positioned us here? It's prophetic. We've not come to release missiles. No, we're not praying for them to die. We're praying for the word of God to penetrate. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? We were looking with Pastor Pete from where we were sitting in the holding room. We were seeing education is here. Parliament is here. President's office is here. These are the offices here. That other office is here. All of them are here. Hey, Kabakosha. It's not a mistake. Oh. Before we go home, we've come to release something. We're going to stay in scripture. We're going to release scripture and let it be embedded here because this word is able to change anything. And some of you are going to rise to new dimensions of favor. How did Jesus grow in wisdom and stature and favor? Listen, you have to study Jesus as a human being. That's why he became a human being. So that God could show us the pattern about how he grew. He grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with men. When his parents were looking for him, he was in the temple. Going back and forth with the teachers regarding what? Scripture. What has been written about you? What do you know that has been written about you? So he comes and he begins to show this pattern. He was saturated. There's something crucial I want to say here. Listen, by the time Jesus was doing all this, he didn't have NIV. He didn't have NKJV. He didn't have a message version. He didn't have Amplify. But he, was, he wasn't coming to those who are weary with enticing words of man's wisdom. He came and gave them hope by pointing them to the revelation of Jesus Christ in Scripture. I have nothing else to point you to today but the revelation of Jesus Christ in Scripture. There you will find answers. Don't for a moment think that we are not students of the deity of Jesus Christ, the deity of the Trinity, the deity of the relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. No, I'm not saying that. Don't think that it doesn't blow our minds as we search scriptures. But one thing is key. If you see Jesus, the human, and learn of him, there lies one of the most important lessons every believer can have is to discover Jesus, the human being, and how he grew, how he handled problems, how he handled issues. Jesus is there. He comes down from prayer. He comes down from the place of transfiguration with his disciples. Comes down and men cannot heal a young boy. And he asks him, how long shall I be among you? And he speaks and heals the boy. And they ask him, as soon as the boy saw him, he got healed. They asked him, why couldn't we heal him? He says, this one comes out by prayer and fasting. We're not praying and fasting to fulfill a religious event. There are things that must live our lives. Listen, there are things that will not leave you without prayer and fasting. That's why I'm saying you must look at the pattern of the one who has been spoken about from the beginning. He arrives and tells us there are things in our house that are not going to leave. Did you know there are people that work for you that could be poisoning you? There are people that work for you that could be poisoning the minds of your children. Okay. There are people working in your office stealing from you. There are people that want you out of this world via DHL. That's express. There are things that won't live your life. Listen, there are cycles you've seen in your life coming over and over again. Patterns. There are things that will not live your life. Sometimes even the spirit of death will not live except by prayer and fasting. Jesus said this type only lives one way. How would we have known that had it not been exemplified in his life? Well, I declare over your life as you pray and fast, may the favor of God come upon you in this time of prayer. I'm believing God some of you are going to break certain chains, certain cycles over your life. The cycle of consistent job loss. Let me talk to somebody right now. I hope your faith is building. The scriptures have shown me there are things that live by prayer and fasting. The scripture, the, 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 the dimension of your life of constant survival, always being in a place where your hands have nothing to hold. I break that over your life in the name of Jesus. That amen is for your MCA. And I declare over your life that cycle is broken. The cycle of barrenness. There are things that live by prayer and fasting. You can speak it over your family. I'm believing God for barrenness to break this year. Spiritual barrenness, physical barrenness, lack of fruitfulness. There are things that must leave. You're not praying and fasting so that you say, ah, I reached six o'clock. No. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you're not okay. But I know by faith, you're talking to your neighbor. I know by faith, some things are going to leave your life this year. Some things are going to leave your life this year. 
I'm giving them a timing, not because I'm trying to be a prophet, but because it is written by Jesus speaking to us that there are some things that must leave. There are things, some of you have been having dreams that you should not be having. Those dreams are banned from your household in the name of Jesus. Your child is nose bleeding every night. They shouldn't be nose bleeding. That disease is broken in the name of Jesus. Some things must leave. Why don't you prophesy to somebody too with me and tell them some things must leave. You can't pray and fast and your life continues the same way. You can't go around that mountain another 30 years. That is not your portion in the name of Jesus. Some things must break. Well, I declare and decree over your life, this is the season for some things to break. I've got a good feeling about 2022. Not because of a feeling, but because it is written. There are things that must break out of my life. There are cycles that must break out of my life. There's a place I must go. There are things my children will not suffer. I, I'm coming home in a minute. There are things my children will not suffer. My children will not suffer the situations I've gone through in relationships. My children will not suffer the things I've had to go through financially. There are things that must break in the name of Jesus. I wish I came to be casual with you, but this is serious business. I've struggled with some things for 20 years, but I declare in the name of Jesus. I'm coming out of that place and I'm standing on solid ground. The Bible says that he removed me from the Mary clay and put me on a pedestal. My season of being hidden ends tonight in the name of Jesus. It ends this morning. Why? As I pray and fast, I'm going to preach scripture. I'm going to find scripture regarding my destiny because Jesus found every scripture and it pointed to him and we are his sons fellow heirs with him, seated together with him. How do you claim to be seated together with Christ and still struggling with some things? Let's declare together as a community, this shall not be our portion any longer. We declare, why don't you break out in one minute of prayer and say, it shall not be my portion in the name of Jesus. My marriage will stand. My children will stand. My future will stand. My destiny will stand. The spirit of fear is rebuked over your life in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that spirit and declare this year things are breaking. Chains are breaking. I will walk for interviews and have favor. I wish I had a witness in here. There's a favor that sits on men when they grow in scripture. Jesus didn't just grow in wisdom and favor and stature with God and with men. It wasn't a mistake. He was immersed in the word. He met the men to the way to a mouse and he says to them, have you not read what has been written? There's something written about your life. And today in the name of Jesus, we castigate and put under your feet every enemy of your destiny and declare you are coming out because you are in prayer. If I was saying you're coming out and I leave it there, I would be in error. But you know why you're coming out? Because you're going to seek God. You're going to seek him in his word. Here will be answers. Here will be destinies. Here will be direction. Have you not read? You will hear a voice. May men hear voices this year. He says you will hear a voice saying this is the way. In here by the way. There are so many things. Please sit down. I want to show you what is here. So beautiful. Look at this. Inerrancy. The inerrancy of scripture means there's no error in it. There's no possibility of error. So if I'm going to find myself, keep playing now, I'm in that place. If I'm going to find myself, I'm going to find myself in scripture. <laughs> oh, pastor, I'm being visited at night. No, you are not in scripture. If you're in scripture, the only people visiting you at night are angels. And also the devil. Listen to me, children of God. There are men who have been in prayer and seeking God who are visited by the devil. Because the devil visits two kinds of people. His generals and God's generals. And if he has visited you and you're a child of God, you must be important. If he keeps disturbing you, you must be carrying something. Oh, Shaka, I like what I'm hearing here. I love the faith in this place. By the way, I can hear your faith. I can sense people that are going to break through this year. Because, not because you will attend conferences. Go for the conferences, but make sure they are praying. Pastor Zeno has been speaking to me and told me, we are going to be a people of prayer this year. Has it not been written, my house shall be called 
a house of prayer. When you pray and when you're in the scriptures, answers come. Where was Hannah? Was she not in the house of the Lord when her answer came? Child of God, listen. Answers come when you're in prayer. This is not a regular Sunday service. Listen to me. I'm not trying to be a nice pastor on a Sunday morning and I have nothing against, but there's an apostolic grace over my life regarding the destinies of men. And I have searched scripture and realized you cannot help men with their destiny outside of scripture. This is serious business. Every Sunday morning here, that's why it's 90 days of revival, 90 days of breakthrough, 90 days of power. Every Sunday we shall be here breaking forth. And may I prophesy to you, because I know you'll be in scripture this week, because I know you'll be in prayer this week, where you are today is not where you'll be next Sunday. Because I know, I'm talking to those that will be disciplined to say, God, at the minimum, I'm giving you two hours of my day. I'm shutting down the Facebook and I want to seek your face. Ah, let the only face I see in these two hours be your face. That's why Pastor Zeno said, we're on Mombasa Road. Every day, we're spending two hours. If you can't do it on your own, come, we do it as a community. We'll help your faith grow. This is what we're going to do. We're going to train you in the ways of God. Could you prophesy to your neighbor for me and tell them, stop being casual with the things of God. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We must get a hold of the perfection of humanity of Jesus if we are to learn something from him. He was saturated with scripture. It was oozing out of him in the morning, oozing out of him at night. And then it begins to show a pattern. You want to switch that off for me? It starts to show a pattern. There's a pattern in what Jesus did here. And so he says to them, he taught them on the road to Emmaus the things which were written from Moses. Now, if you all understand Moses, he saw the hindquarters of God. And out of that came the entire Pentateuch in the beginning. So when Jesus was showing them, he didn't spare them. He went from the beginning where there was chaos and darkness. He starts to show them a pattern. Now, I was reading about this famous mathematician. Listen to me. There's a flow and an order. We are not here, but you could have been born in 1026 AD. But God's pattern dictated you be born today. I'm trying to say nobody sitting here has no purpose. Everybody who is here right now, I'm talking to you, is a champion. Your survival instincts and everything God has given you to be alive today and sitting here hearing my voice is an indicator that God is with you. Ah, everything that has happened in your life and the fact that you still have breath today, don't focus on the problems. I want you to focus on the Savior. Is an indicator that God is fighting for you. Did you know there are things that were supposed to finish you yesterday that didn't, that you don't know of? In other words, I'm trying to encourage you to have a, an attitude of thanksgiving in his presence all the time. If he could show you with your open eyes, the way he opened their eyes after he break bread, how many things he has saved you from. The ones you know are the small ones. He says, from the time of Moses, through the prophets, he was showing them about him through the scriptures. And so something amazing happens. I want to close with this. He began with Moses. The pattern begins from the beginning. From the beginning. And, the, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Because Moses starts in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning. That's where he was. And he shows them the flow, the order. We have to see that flow and that order. This man, Michael Bogart, a mathematician, I was looking for his name. He summarized mathematics into two key formulas. That the entire mathematics is summarized into these two formulas. Now, whether he's right or not, I don't know. But I was reading about it. And he said one of the most important formulas in mathematics is that increment in brackets zero 
plus increment in bracket zero equals increment in bracket, increment, bracket zero, bracket, bracket out. Summarize the entire mathematics. In other words, one plus one equals two. That's all that increment I said is one plus one equals two. He said that is the most important formula in mathematics. And then he said the second most important formula in mathematics is the Pythagoras theorem, which is a squared plus b squared equals c squared. I see how many of you dropped math as a, as a class. He summarized it and said, if you contain mathematics, it cannot exist with these two formulas. I believe the same is true in the Bible. That there is a place from which all scriptures flow. And for me, as an example, that is found, for me as a truth, that is found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Please pay attention. Genesis 3:15, very important. Come with me there. We're reading together as I close. He says, Uh-uh, church, come on. Uh-huh. Between your seed and her seed, he shall and you shall. This is a footnote of all things Christ. The seed is shown here. And everything there demonstrates. First of all, this scripture demonstrates to us the element of a conqueror. So the seed, Jesus Christ, is a conqueror. Because it says, I'll put an enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. That's victory. I declare today, the whole element of victory of Jesus Christ, even on the road to a mouse, we are seeing him victorious. And so Jesus, the seed, is a conqueror. Somebody say amen. This scripture doesn't say anything about forgiveness of sins. This scripture is talking about victory. And I want you to know scripturally, we belong to the seed of victory. Unless there's a child of Satan here, I should have heard amen. If your neighbor doesn't say amen, they are suspect. This is the seed of victory. I'm going somewhere with that. And if that seed shows you victory, then it means you and I are from the DNA of victory. I proclaim over your life, that thing is not going to defeat you in the name of Jesus. There's a pattern shown here so that what we expect through scripture is the king who goes forth to conquer and conquering. When we see conquest, we must refer to the promise here. I will put an enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. We are always at war with the seed of Satan, but we know we have the victory because Jesus is the conqueror and we just like him are conquerors. That's why I know he's not going to win that battle for your family. That's why I know he's not going to win that battle about your mind. I speak to every mind here. May you have the mind of Christ. May your mind not go into depression. In the name of Jesus, I pour the oil of sanity over you because you need your mind for God to do what he wants to do in your life. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Is it not written? So there's a conqueror principle here. But here there's also a seed principle. It says your seed and her seed. There's a victory of seeds. I want to talk over your seed. Any seed in your life is victorious because the pattern we have seen, because we are no longer ourselves, we are hidden in Christ. The principle of the seed here shows me that you're also in Christ. So you, your seed is victorious. Financial seed, your seed for children, kabakoshata. You will never bear a fool. Okay, there are, there are people here who want to bear a fool. You will never bear a fool. That seed is like the seed of Jesus. At 12, had wisdom and favor and stature. May your children operate in wisdom and stature. Am I talking prophetically to some? Is it not written that there is a victory regarding this seed here? And we are of this seed. Listen to me. We are of this DNA. We belong here. 
He's walking with them to a mouse saying, how long shall I be among you? How long shall your eyes be closed? I'm here to prophesy to you. Open your eyes. In scripture, I'm saying to you from the book of Genesis, you belong to the seed of victory. Oh, Bakosha. Your children will not spend time in hospitals. Your children will not spend time in the teacher's quarters being punished. Your children shall not spend time tamaking. I feel like prophesying a little bit over this first service. Your children, why am I talking about your children? Because generation after generation, God has always been obsessed with the next generation being pointed to Jesus. As you raise them up in the way of the Lord, they shall not depart from it. So they will grow in wisdom and in favor and in stature with God and with men. When they are 12, they'll have favor. I'm prophesying. When they are 15, they'll have favor. When they are 25, they'll have the favor over 25. When they are 30, they'll have the favor. Where will that favor have come from? From the father of the house, Kabakosha. From the mother of the house. As they see you in the scriptures, so they shall be in the scriptures. I prophesy over your life. Hospital emergencies are not your portion. May you walk in the health of Yahweh. May you walk in the providence of his word. In this scripture of Genesis 3.15, there is a seed of victory. And I prophesy, I speak. I'm not even prophesying. I'm speaking what I'm seeing in scripture. I'm speaking what I'm seeing in scripture. He says, I'll put an enmity. This is God between you and the woman. Let me tell you, every enemy of your life was already defeated based on this scripture. And so every enemy tormenting you right now, we appropriate scripture. I think the people I'm looking for are on this side. We appropriate scripture. And we position scripture in their face. And we say, you are not my enemy. Listen to me. You need to learn to release your enemies to God. Because scripture has already dictated their end. Some of you think that he shall prepare a table before you in their presence. That they are eating. They are not eating. The table is up there. They are sitting as an audience. He says, I will put, this is, this is, a seed principle here. you got to see that seed principle. He comes to expression. He says, Abraham, through you all nations shall be blessed. How? Through the seed. <laughs> I'm tracing the seed through scripture. And I'm going to find it in Abraham. Abraham, listen, that blessing there is not the word blessed the way some of you think I'll be blessed with things. No, that blessing there is because of what you carry. And whereas in the Old Testament, they looked at it in the future. We don't look at it in the future. We look at it in the present. He is resonant within us. I have the victory. Shout with me. I have the victory. Oh, It comes to expression in Abraham. And he starts to show us. Look at Matthew 28, verse 18. He says, all authority. I can read it for you. All authority has been given to who? To the seed. He's asking the people, have you not seen me from Genesis? Now as I walk with you to a mouse, <laughs> all authority has been given to me. Why? I'm that seed that was talked about there. There's a connection between that seed and the man that is walking with you. There's a connection between that seed and he that is in you that I'm talking to right now. The hope of glory. There's a connection. And if that seed had victory in Genesis, that seed has victory in 2022. Because God is not confined in time. That seed has victory in 2050. Oh, who will the president of Kenya be? I don't care. I got the seed. Because I carry the seed. Find me 50 righteous men. 20 righteous men. 10 righteous men in Kenya. It doesn't matter if Nebuchadnezzar is on the throne. What we have in Kenya is the seed. As long as there's a seed, the nation will be preserved. As long as there's a seed in the company... The company will be preserved. As long as there's a seed in the house. Oh, come on, church. The house will be preserved. The seed. That's what we pass on to our children. The inheritance of the seed. Because the seed is victorious. He says, I've given you authority. Now go to the nations. <laughs> go to the nations. Baptize them. And let me come into them so that they can have the seed. The other thing you see here in Matthew chapter, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 is the sacrifice principle. You see a sacrifice there because there's a bruising. There's a bruising. Genesis 3 15, I'm still there. He says, he shall bruise your head. There's a sacrifice. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Look at it. 
blood is shed here. He shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heel. There's a sacrifice element. We're dealing with the seed. The seed here starts to show us all in the scripture. It starts to show us that there's a covenant. There's a covenant. He says, in Abraham shall all the blessings be. He says, Abraham, whoever blesses you, I'll bless. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. The business of cursing is not yours. God has said to his seed, whoever, Christians, you're too engrossed in cursing people. And whereas you can, because people do curse. I want you to understand that when it comes to this seed here, he said, in blessing you, whoever blesses you, I'll bless. Whoever curses you, I will curse. I take on the responsibility of protecting your destiny. It's a principle. In there, you find a covenant promise. What is being cursed? Simply being separated from the blessing of God. And then there's something here that is very important to see in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It's what I call the truth principle. <laughs> it's the first time in scripture that we see the mask of Satan removed. Son, come. Just stand here. You're far enough for me to say, just look at the people and then remove your mask. You see that? This is the first time in scripture Satan's mask was removed. And the Bible starts to expose him for who he truly is in Genesis 3.15. There's no other place in the beginning from there that you see that exposure. All of a sudden, Satan's mask is removed and the truth is shown. The lie of Satan is unmasked. What lie is that? That if you eat the tree, you will be like God. The lie becomes exposed. In 2022, as you stay in scripture, may every lie of Satan over your life become exposed. May every lie of Satan about your destiny become exposed. What lie is that? You're nothing. I'm talking to somebody. What lie is that? You're not going anywhere. Uh -uh. I come with the word of Yahweh. I come with an apostolic word to say, you are going somewhere. Because this seed, there's a pattern from Genesis to Revelation. And when I read this thing, the story is not over. There's a continuation. So now the mask is off. Now Satan can't lie to us. We know where he is. I pray for your eyes of understanding to be open. That you discern every time. Listen sisters, this will help you. I pray Satan is unmasked in that brother who is trying to court you. Who has evil intentions. I just saved somebody's destiny by scripture. I pray your eyes of discernment are open to see when he's telling you you shall be like God so that you don't walk into the wrong company. I pray you don't go for the wrong job. I pray you don't go for the wrong interview. I'm praying for divine direction this year because this principle here tells me that you shall enter a dimension of truth. What did he say? I will send to you a comforter. And what shall he do? Listen to me, believers. He shall guide you into a place called all truth. All truth regarding your family, regarding your children, regarding your health. The truth is you're in pain right now, but I mean the reality now is that you're in pain. Faith does not ignore the reality. But the truth is you are healed by Jesus' stripes. You are healed right now. I stand on this truth regarding your life and declare where you are is not where you're going to end up. I need you to prophesy to two neighbors for me. I'm done. Tell them where you are is not where you're going to end up. The lie of Satan is about to be unmasked. Come on, you're prophesying to them. Tell them the lie of Satan has already been unmasked. There are believers who say, I feel like I'm going to die. I'm talking about children of God. There are children of God who, listen, all of us here fear death. Don't cheat me. Don't lie to me. Don't let anybody lie to you. If a snake was dropped here right now, <laughs> the reason you'll run if a lion walks in here is not because you, you don't fear cats. You will run because you fear death. But there is a fear I'm talking about here, an anxiety that comes over men that God has told me to cancel over your lives. On this principle here, that this truth 
gives me an assurance that when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. What is that truth? That you will not fear. The spirit of anxiety over us is broken. Today I'm speaking to sons who are going to manifest. And they will manifest with an understanding of truth. That's why if they are singing in the worship team, they will sing until angels come to join them. Why? Because that is what is written regarding their lives. When we prophesy, we will prophesy according to scriptures that God may be glorified. When we see the move of God here in a few days, we will see what God will do regarding your miracles. Come on, somebody. Regarding your miracles. I thought you'd be expectant. People are going to receive their miracles in 2022. Why? Because the season, listen, he said, in this seed principle where truth is, he comes and says, I and the children, that I and the children God has given me, we are for what? Signs and wonders. I call you a people of signs and wonders. Uh, you don't have to have a preacher. You are your own preacher. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 1, I, Solomon, the preacher, you are your own preacher in this dimension. Listen to me. As I wind up, I want you to understand there's another promise that comes from Genesis 3.15. In Genesis 3.15, there's a promise of rest. Now, rest is not what you think. People think rest is sitting back and letting God. I told you the other day, 2022 would be Bila Jasho. But it won't be Bila Jasho like you think. No, 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 no. Not like that. It will be Bila Jasho because you know who you are. And you know whom you have believed. And you are persuaded. Listen, in Noah, there came an element of rest. But that was not the rest being talked about. The rest we're talking about here is restoration. In Jesus Christ, that seed is that seed of restoration. He will restore to you. He was pointing to Christ. He appears to them on the road to a mouse. Play for me. He appears to them on the road to a mouse. He says, I'm going to show you what's been written regarding me in the scriptures. Now, Father, I'm praying for your children that they be committed to your word. Sons cannot manifest outside of this word. I'm praying for sons. Thank you, son. I'm praying for sons to manifest. I'm praying for every lie of Satan to be unmasked today in the name of Jesus. I'm praying for the seed in us to come alive and to release hope and to release life. There are people here that have been so anxious, so fearful, but I break that spirit in the name of Jesus. We're in prayer now. I break that spirit in the name of Jesus and declare that is not your portion in Jesus' name. You shall arise and you shall shine because the glory of the Lord is risen upon you.